Hello, welcome to the Capital Employed Podcast. For this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with David J. Flood. David is a UK-based private investor whose focus is on investing in unloved forgotten nanocaps. He runs the popular elementaryvalue.com blog and is the co-editor of Svender's Manual, which is a database investors can use to find interesting companies listed on the OTC market in the USA. In this episode, David talks about his investment process and also dives deep into a London-listed nanocap, which he feels has great recovery potential. I personally find this area of the markets absolutely fascinating. Please enjoy my conversation with David. Hi, David. Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, John. For listeners who may not know about you, can you give us a a bit of background about who you are? Sure. So I'm a a private value investor based in the United Kingdom. I became interested in investing back in around 2013 um, after coming across some uh, videos on YouTube of Warren Buffett talking about value investing. So I saw that and that was very interesting to me when I, I started learning about that. So shortly after that, I began to read a number of various books on value investing and more in the kind of quality value investing approach that Buffett takes now. And then through him, I learned about Benjamin Graham and net net investing, where you're investing in companies that are selling at a discount to their net current asset value. Uh, so that led me to look at much smaller companies. And then more recently, I've also begun to use long-range price charts uh, in my analysis, along with um, looking at the financial accounts of companies to try and find companies that are selling uh, very depressed prices that the market's kind of given up interest on. And that's where I am now, really. So now I I run a value blog called elementaryvalue.com, and I'm also a co-editor of a website called spendermanual.com, which focuses on over-the-counter market stocks in the United States as well. So your focus is mainly... The USA and the UK, or do you go yes. into other places like Japan and mainland Europe at all? N- not thus far, I haven't. Uh, at some point in the future, I probably will start to branch out there. But I find there's there's still a lot of interest, uh, interesting companies just on the over-the-counter markets and some smaller, even listed US companies. And then the alternative investment market on the London Stock Exchange, there's more than enough companies to keep me interested there. How do you find these companies? Is it just running like a a quantitative screen or is it being part of a a community of fellow like-minded investors? It's a mixture of a number of things, really. With the -the over-the-counter markets, I did the kind of A to Z approach where I just worked my way manually through several thousand companies because there's no real way of screening for companies on the -the over-the-counter markets. The only way you can really find the value is to go one by one through the companies. I always think you you can miss things when you start screening. You you can miss really interesting opportunities that just don't show up on screeners. So I prefer to go one by one. But then when I'm looking at companies on, say, the AIM market in the UK, or I'm looking at the smallest companies on the NASDAQ, I will basically get a screener and I will screen for the smallest companies I can find with the lowest share count. And I don't bother screening for any fundamental data like book value or anything like that. I'll just start with the smallest companies I can find. And then I'll go through them one by one. 
and look at the accounts for the company and the long range price charts. And then I'll probably stop when I get to about $10 million. I'm not really interested in looking at anything larger than a $10 million company. Do you hold for the long term or do you just set yourself a price target? I don't really set a price target. I use the long range price charts and the, and then the act the action that I see on the price charts going forward once I've bought the company and then developments within the company as kind of a gauge of when to sell. I used to, when I, I was kind of a pure net-net investor, I was more interested in like um, selling a company when it would hit net current asset value, but now I'm not I'm not as interested in that because I think you, you can kind of give up on a lot of um, growth that you can see with companies if you just kind of sell too quickly. So I don't really have any fixed rules on when I when I sell, really. I just kind of watch the situation and see how it plays out. Because often, if you're buying a very small company, you never know that company can really take off and, and start growing. And if you then get institutional interest or product or a service that they've developed really takes off, then the company can really grow. Uh, whereas if you just sell that company, you know, say, for a 50% gain, then you could be giving up a lot of future gains in that company. So. I think I prefer to have kind of habits that I follow with my investing rather than any fixed rules. And is your portfolio quite concentrated? Um, the minute I hold around 30 stocks, I have held probably about 40 to 50 at some points, but at the minute I'm starting to become more concentrated in certain positions, just because I think I should lean, lean in heavier on certain positions that I have a higher conviction in. But then it equally depends on what's happening in the markets because the trouble is with the companies that I invest in that are very small and the shares are very thinly traded. It can be difficult to build a meaningful position in the company just because there's not many shares available. So that kind of um, forces my hand to then seek other companies to invest in. And also, I just find a lot of companies that are kind of interesting but i'm not sure where the inflection point will be where something could change with the company so i'll buy a, a smallish position just so i can track the company and see what's going on with it can you talk us through uh, one of your most recent investments what was the thesis behind investing in that company yeah so i'll talk about a company that i've uh, been investing in recently called uh, mycelex technologies corp ticker symbol myx uh, and this uh, trades on the alternative investment market of the London Stock Exchange. It's got a market cap of around £4.47 million. We're probably best actually using US dollars because they report in US dollars. So the market cap's about $6.14 million. And I found this company basically by pulling up a screener and going from the smallest companies that I could find on the, the UK um, stock exchange and then looking for companies with a fairly low share count. So this company's got around 19 million shares outstanding. And then I'll just dig into each company one by one. So I did with this one and I found that it was selling at a discount to book value and it was actually selling at a discount to net current asset value. So per the last accounts, it reports biannually, so the last accounts were from last year. It's selling at like a net current asset value of around 0.75 times and around 0.36 times book value. So whenever I see something like that, I become quite interested. And then I always pull up the long-range price charts on companies just to see where, where they're selling. And I saw it was basically sat way down on the, the long-range price chart, 
near its all-time low. That's always interesting to, to me as well. So the company basically is involved in the oil and gas industry. And the the gentleman that started the company, an inventor, I think he was called Hal Alper or something, he basically invented um, a polymer that can clean uh, hydrocarbons and, and other pollutants from water and air. Um, and he invented it, I think, shortly after the Exxon Valdez spill. That kind of prompted him to think of a way of how can we clean up pollutants from water. The company has a patent on this technology of the this polymer that can be basically inserted into systems within oil and gas companies, but then other, other industrial companies that need to clean water and air. And it can be used to basically remove the contaminants. So... At the minute, you'll if you look at any oil and gas companies or any oil and gas services companies, you'll see that they're all really down in the dumps because the oil price is so low at the minute. All these companies are kind of suffering. They're loss-making. So at the minute, MyCellex is a loss-making company, and it has been for a couple of years. But I take a much longer timeline view on these companies, and I think, well, I'm interested in buying the company when it's sat way down on the price range. No one's really interested in the company. They've kind of given up on it. Um, but at some point when the oil prices recover, then the order book of the company will grow and the good times will return. So the thesis is fairly simple. It's simply that it's just it's selling below book value and net current asset value. At some point, oil prices will recover. The share price is quite depressed in the company. Even more so at the minute because um, there's an investment firm in the UK, um, Artemis, which had a large position, which it's now selling down. So I always I like to find situations like that where you can see the share price becoming even more depressed because you've got some kind of institutional seller that's selling them the stock because they, they think the company's you know underperforming or that they want to move into a different uh, company, and because they hold a large block of stock. Uh, it takes them quite a while to offload that. So if they're constantly selling and you've only got small retail investors that are buying, you'll find that the share price just drifts down and it doesn't really move. So that's that's kind of a time when I like to buy into these companies. And then the companies also reported that they, they've been pushing for a lot of cost-cutting initiatives. So they're going to be lowering the costs you know, to kind of weather the storm until things improve. Uh, so that's the basic thesis on why I've invested in this company. I'm just looking on um the, the company on Stockopedia, mm -hmm. and it, yeah, it looks incredibly cheap. Uh, what would cause you to sell? I mean, would it just be a case of it drifting further down? Would you then cut your losses and move on, or would you be prepared to wait quite a while? No, I, I'd be prepared to wait um, several years. I'm I'm not really one to be scared out of positions if if they drop. I mean. What I find with using the long range, long range price charts and buying these companies when they're at a multi-year or all-time low is they very rarely drop below that price. That's kind of like a, a long-term support that they've established as a company. Now, obviously, they can if they just keep losing money year after year after year after year and their book value contracts. Eventually, yes, the share price will continue to drift down. But I always think with these small companies, really, the the market has given up on them. It's kind of um, it thinks you know this, they're never going to recover. Things are not going to work out for the company. So they're, they're pricing it as though it's they're pricing it below its liquidation value essentially at the minute. So all it takes is some good news with these small companies to really help the share price move up. I'm convinced that the oil 
prices will go back up at some point because I'm a firm believer that everything moves in cycles, including commodities prices and interest rates and everything else. And you even see that with individual companies. If you pull up a long range price chart of a company that's been around for decades, you will see it goes through all these highs and lows where business is good and then business drops off because of a recession or there's some kind of productivity cycle in, in the industry. So I, I'm happy to hold for a number of years for the company to recover. But also, I'm, I'm not really interested in trying to capture a 50% gain with the company. When I see the price charts and I see where it's sold in the past, when oil prices have been higher and it's had more business, it's sold at a much higher price of like five to 10 times where it is now. So I'm interested in trying to capture those kind of gains with the companies that I hold. Yeah, I can see looking back on the chart around June 2019, it was close to the £2 mark. Mm-hmm. And then it's had this dramatic fall. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, whenever I'm looking at these charts, that's what I'm kind of looking for. Generally, I'm not a fan of looking at companies that have only been around for, say, a couple of years, because I, I don't have this evidence to look at with the price charts and with the fundamentals where I can go back and look at the history. But with a company like this, I can see, you know, it's dropped down to around 20 pence per share in the past, and then it's recovered from there. And now I see it's back down in that low range again. So that gives me confidence that at some point when the situation improves within this industry, the fortunes of the company can improve as well. Now, obviously, I'm not putting all my money into this one company. I will buy a number of companies. But buying a number of companies where they are all sat at such depressed prices, you only need a handful of them to recover and do well to to perform quite well. And then obviously, if you're looking at companies like this, where they've got a decent amount of hard assets backing their share price, then that gives you more confidence that, you know, that the share price is unlikely to drop dramatically because just because they, they own property, they've got land, they've got cash, they've got accounts receivable, they've got inventory, and all this stuff is basically acting as a floor on the share price. There's no reason why the market will allow the share price to drop dramatically when it has all these hard assets backing the company. Are you finding lots of um, good value shares at the moment because of the virus situation or has it become a bit more of a a struggle recently? Um, I always try and look in sectors that are depressed. Uh, So at the minute, obviously, the oil and gas sector is quite depressed. Certain services companies related to aviation are quite depressed. So there's always pockets of the market, even when the market's at highly elevated levels like it is now, where we've got this massively overextended bull market with crazy valuations with the tech companies. If you go and look in areas that are kind of depressed, you, you can always find value. You just have to be willing to go and look for it. So where can um, our listeners go to find out more about you? Well, you can connect with me on Twitter at Elementary Value. You can also get hold of me via my website, which is elementaryvalue.com. Um, and if you're interested in looking at over-the-counter market stocks, you can also connect with me at spendermanual.com. That's where I basically manage a database looking at uh, these small companies like my Celex, but ones that trade on the over-the-counter markets in the United States. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you.